Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we wrap up the Colorado Rockies road trip where they they, they only won a, a singular baseball game. But, hey, at least some of these games against the Giants were pretty entertaining. We'll, we'll get into some of that. We'll get into the fun, incredible, pretty good run now that Connor Joe has been on beyond just it being a, a good story. He's been having a nice time. But Patrick's sort of a, a dud here. You know, we, we, we reassessed after that Astros series, and we both said, hey, four of them here on the docket. Can we take the over or under on 1.5? And we both went, it's a one. This is a one game of this year. And we even went through the the like pitching matchups. And we're like, well, they could get, you know, you know, Marquez, we're, we're, you're not expecting that out of Gomber. And so there were a couple of games you thought, okay. And then, you know, but this is the reason why. Because the Giants are doing all of the little things right, right now as a ball club. And that's why they're in first place in the National League West. And the Rockies are prone to making all kinds of mistakes that cost them ball games and, and not coming through in those big moments. And it was really exemplified here in, in the final game where they had some chances, brought it to within a run. In fact, they had the tying run thrown out at home plate. And then just a few minutes later, they're dropping a ball in the outfield that leads to the rally that more or less puts that one away. You go, yeah, that's the difference between these two teams right now. Take care of the little things. The big things take care of themselves. And mm -hmm. that's why the San Francisco Giants are first place in the NL West, as um, unbelievable as that may sound. But it does certainly give hope to a team like the Rockies who are in transition and just how quickly things can seemingly overnight turn around uh, like they have for the Rockies in the last couple seasons. And, yeah, I would have guessed they would have been able to come away with two wins if the over-under was one and a half, which is essentially what we set it at. They would have been able to sneak out a victory. And the games were close, as you said, Sunday's game here today. There was that opportunity. Um, you know, Houston, they, they just never seemed like they were entirely – in those ball games, but it seemed like right. San Francisco with the it not taking that much to get on the board, they would have been able to find a way, perhaps, especially with just how well they had played in the last homestand. They were five and one. Sure, it was against the Cubs and Marlins, but there are plenty of teams that have played the Rockies uh, on the road or at their home. And I thought, oh, easy sweep against the Rockies. And then the Rockies give them some difficulty. So say what you will about the Cubs and Marlins being pushovers. They're going out to win those ball games, And the Rockies handed it, handed it to them all last week. And then this week when you thought there would still be some kind of trickle-down effect, if you will, <laughs> trickle-down trickle sabermetrics. Right. That's right. what you want to think it's going to be. Sure. That wasn't the case. And they were just just not doing it, getting shut out. For the 14th time all on the road, thought that that was going to be the case today when they were down to just that one hit and they got a second one and then they were able to come through with the two runs there and uh, I think in the sixth. So yeah, disappointing, but at the end of the day, not shocking for what you would typically expect from a team that's in first place and 
again, after one month of the season in April, you know you have a better idea who the playoff contenders are. You might not have been, you might not have believed entirely that what the Giants were doing, but after a month, there's a lot of evidence to suggest the team that does it for those first 30 days are going to do it the rest of the way. And when you lose three out of four to San Francisco in San Francisco, you just hey, we got a game tomorrow. Yep, Except yep. they don't actually. They don't. Well, no, they do. No, they do. Yeah, but, but yeah, off days. They've got a game uh, tomorrow, and you know that that's just chalk it up to that. Flush yeah. it. Got to flush it. Yeah, uh, you know, but but like you said, I do think there's a you know kind of a differentiation here between the way they played the first three games, really, because because they got pretty well whomped game one against the Giants as well. So the first the, the two games against Houston, really non-competitive. The 07 loss to the Giants where it just kind of spun away from them. They had no offense. It felt like Marquez was doing the pitching version of trying to hit a five-run home run of just like <laughs> trying to be so perfect because you can't. And it's just like no. And, and that game totally got away from them, right? But then let's let's do a little Silver Linings podcast early. Let, let's get it out of the way early here on this one. Uh, the 4-5 game, game two, you know, uh, yeah, not what you want out of Gomber getting – Tagged a little bit early, but manages to hang on there. Buddy leaves him on the leash, doesn't doesn't pull him out of there like we saw him do in San Diego. Made him made him fix that mess a little bit before eventually getting him out of there. And then the Rockies hold the the bullpen performs well. Offense scratches away a little bit. You get the two run home run from Connor Joe late, and then uh, they kept it going. Really, a series of. Very near misses where Brennan Rogers hits a ball so hard off the wall that he has to be held to a single. It's one of those where you oh come on. And then Charlie Blackman hits a home run, but it's foul. I guess technically barely you had to stick with it because it was called. It was one of those ones that's so high over the, the damn foul pole that you really can't tell. If it had been called fair, I think you'd have had to stick with it. So that's about as thin a margin as you can get from taking the lead right there in the ninth inning off of Jake McGee, by the way. Uh, but then Charlie still gets hit. So if, if Rogers had gotten the double off the wall, that might've been the game tying run right there, but they can't come through with the third one. CJ Crone strikes out to end the game. But uh, you know, you put that together with, as we talked about today, you know, the tying run coming to the, the plate in the seventh, being thrown out at the plate in the seventh, and then having one game three, you go, okay, yeah, no, even with this ragtag group, somehow for the final three games of the road trip, these guys managed to make it very close against a first-place team and, and play them quite well. Yeah, they did. I, I thought they were competitive. They, you know, they, they lacked the punch that they've often – lacked on the road and that's that's kind of been the difference when you say hey they've been competitive but when you look at the score you can trick yourself i think at times into thinking that it's maybe much closer than it is even even like you said with the game on friday night connor joe hitting that home run in the ninth against J- jake mcgee and you know you're, you're not wrong and because it, it, it tricked me in a sense but it, it's one of those games where you go yeah this is just one that they you know shouldn't win and a, a good team's going to beat a bad team but then it became close, and you think uh, it was a lot closer than than maybe it really was. It it, it just can be deceiving because the Rockies just struggled the entire week with runners in scoring position. I'm I'm not even sure what the final numbers were. At one point, it was two for twenty two, yeah, two for twenty five. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't think that got um, 
ended up getting help much today where, you know, they were, they were three for six with runners in scoring position. So, you know, and they were doing it late. So, all right, that's, um, you know, worth a lot more, but it's again, the score is deceiving where you go, Oh man, maybe they're in this, but really when you watch it from inning to inning, you just know they, they lack that thing, whatever it is. And, and that's, that's been the question all season. What is it that they have at home that they don't have on the road? Because it's, it's night and day and they're, they're still on pace for that, that gap, that difference. There's, there's a 400 point winning percentage difference between them at home and them on then, and then on the road. And it's, it can be baffling at times, but, you look at the run differential, it, it's not as bad as it probably could have been for going one and five on the six-game road trip. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it does come down to exactly what the Giants have that the Rockies don't, which is they've got those veteran hitters who none of them are you, – you look at their individual numbers, and this is exactly – you kind of alluded to this earlier. This is, I think, in their in their minds, and in reality, the what the Rockies could – in a sense, recreate. They're trying to flip it around and be good next year because it's not going to come with the superstar type of output that we've seen before in these incredibly imbalanced teams, right? It's those veteran hitters. They don't have a single guy who's got over 20 home runs. They don't have a single guy hitting over 300. But every single dude in that lineup takes a quality at bat They'll take the walk if that's what it needs to. Very few guys that strike out a ton. They put the ball in play. They can hit the ball wherever it's pitched. And they can come, and they're not, you know, whatever the word is, scared of. I don't think guys are scared of, but they're not intimidated by the clutch moments. So you get those big hits a bit more often with a lineup like that than you do with a guy like, Garrett Hampson or Sam Hilliard, or we've seen Connor Joe. He acts like he's a veteran at the plate. He does this already. Absolutely. And it's why so many of us are so excited about him. But these other guys, you can see it in them. We saw it with Joshua Fuentes at times. These guys that are not only trying to win the baseball game, but also prove themselves all in, in the same swing. And you can't, be in that headspace where Evan Longoria and Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey have nothing left to prove for the back of their baseball cards for the most part. You know, they really, they really don't. They, we know those guys can play. They're just, they're just, their only thought is on that day's ball game, trying to win baseball game today. Cause they've been in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these. <laughs> they're not in game. 52 of their career, like a lot of these Rockies players are. And that's, I think, the, the big difference. And that's why I get the Rockies saying, hey, our, our goal this season is to go out and get veteran bats. Like, you get enough of those guys, and you don't – maybe you don't need the guy who hits 30 home runs. You win games the way we've seen the Giants do all this season. And that that is exactly what it's going to come down to because all those guys that you name that are, you know, well on the wrong side of 30, they've – you know, outside of Longoria who – you know, went to the World Series in, in 2008 with uh, Tampa, you know, they those are all homegrown guys that they've got a couple World Series rings under their belts from earlier in their career. But again, they're veterans that know how to do those little things well. And the Rockies don't really have too many guys on the roster that you could 
say that about it, at least on the offensive side, outside of maybe Crone and Charlie Blackman, as far as and and Crone's, you know, not no guarantee to come back. Really, it's it's Charlie Blackman as far as you know players that are that have a contract and uh, that are that are locked into their their rights by the by the Rockies. It's really just him. But you're right. You you could possibly put together enough of those pieces. The worry, of course, again, you wouldn't. I don't think you'd want to plan about this, and we don't have to get into the you know, the direction of the organization and what they're trying to do and stuff. But that's it, it, something that could could take a lot of time where if you bring too many people together, even if there are a lot of right pieces, it it could take a while for uh, things to kind of kick into gear for the chemistry, if you will, to start making sense. And maybe it, maybe it takes a second year. So maybe if they can get enough of these veteran guys on on two three year deals then you're you're building something and then you're you're saying okay well maybe 2022 is a transition but you know what we're going to have this core of guys some of the younger ones some of the inexperienced ones and some of these veterans that we've brought in now maybe let's see if if we've got a, a brief little window here because we're not really spending a lot to do it we're not maybe trading away a lot of top prospects We've got our guys that are, that are under our team control for another two more years. Let's give right. it a shot, and you can have a, maybe a soft window. That's a lot. still a lot You're to really ask for, and it still, it still seems improbable. But I think ultimately what we're talking about is, again, the Giants have somewhat of a template. If, if you throw out the fact that, yeah, but all these Giants guys have played with each other forever, if you forget that I mean, they were already veteran, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. veteran players that have yes. won successfully and they've they brought enough of them in together and they've had their role players play above the expectations and above the projections so could the Rockies do that we'll have to see this offseason it's also really funny that you know what did the Giants do at the trade deadline I guess they got Chris Bryant and, and that was <laughs> that's something I mean, yeah he I was mean, really it, quiet this week he was I was going to say, yeah, and and I mean, he's he's been relatively quiet. Again, he's he's a very good baseball player, but he, from like he was the MVP, and then since then he's been pretty good. <laughs> but I love Chris Bryant, and I and I love actually his positional versatility is is extraordinary. The fact that he can do that, so I I shouldn't talk down on him just because he's not the MVP caliber hitter that he, he used to be. So. Um, all right, all right. On this, oh no, no. Well, I will, I will toast my Breck Brew, but they, they get plenty of love and attention. We got to give love and attention to our friends at Solace Meds. You can also toast your your greenery, I believe that, that that's allowed. That toast your greens and uh, get some Solace Meds. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Cannot more highly recommend. You can order online s o l a c e meds dot com. Use promo code DNVR twenty, save twenty percent off. Whether you're looking for some. Uh, flour, some concentrate, some drinkables, some eatables, CBD, CBN. They got anything and everything under the sun. That CBN stuff is like non-psychoactive, like just for sleep. Really, really good for you. I uh, highly recommend you check it out if you've had issues sleeping before. They actually recommended them to me. So that's the other thing. People working at Solace Meds, they know their stuff. They can help you out if you've got questions. There's one just down the block. Uh, from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. There's also one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, and one just off of Broadway there down there in Denver. But the easiest way, definitely going to solacemeds.com, putting your order in there. Wherever you are, use the promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off and a free solace bar or King Cone. I still haven't tried one of those yet. So if you have out there, 
let me know what you think. I don't I don't know what a lot of people's work schedules are like. I don't think we have any data on our sub subscribers in our community to know if everyone typically works Monday through Friday. But if you do, it's going to be a week until you have a DNVR day. And if you're lucky enough to have a weekday off, you could have a DNVR day. You come down to the bar, you get that bigger beer, you go to Soul's no. Meds, there's a legal pizza. Like you can do all of those things and have a little mini staycation right in a few mile radius right there in, in, in Denver, starting out, yeah. of course, with the DNVR bar. It's like the uh, Denver. It's like the urban version of what we do whenever I go home. We were talking about this on TDSP. Somebody asked about it, interestingly enough, when I go to Grand Junction, really to Palisade, and there's all the peaches. So there's all the orchards and you go and you get, and a lot of times they're handing out free samples, but there's also their wineries also, and they, they too hand out free samples. And so, and there's a, like a fudge place in there. So it's a really nice afternoon of just walking around in this neighborhood and drinking and eating things for free. And now this isn't for free, but. There's a lot of freebies. There, there really are. Tacked onto it all. For sure. In fact, you, you did mention our friends over at Illegal Pete's, and they will hook you up with a free draft beer or house mark if you show them a ticket to any event in the Denver area. I'm, I'm actually not even sure that it has to be like if you happen to have attended a, a ball game in the afternoon in San Francisco and then you flew home this evening, and you're the first thing you want to do is go to Illegal Pete's. I would imagine they would have to honor that. They would have Thursday night's game. I think you're yeah. good, right? And again, digital digital tickets, like it's 2021, yeah. we know. Then again, would they reject your ticket stub from Cheryl Crow at Red Rocks in 1998? I don't know. They just might. They also might take it from you so you can't use it more than once. And right. then it really makes it worth everyone's while. But I, just use your digital tickets. They'll, they'll work more than fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, other than that, you know what Illegal Peace has got going on. Burritos, bowls. All the fantastic stuff. And, and Patrick's right. You really can't make a day out of it. It's, it's the DNVR lane there. Head down to Solace. Get what you need. Take care of yourself. Swing by the bar. Get a little more of what you need. Take care of yourself. And then go get some illegal pizza. It's going to be the most delicious thing you've ever tasted in your life. Uh, yeah. And yes, Will, the meadery. Rocky Mountain meadery out there as well. And you could jump on our free Wi-Fi at the bar and order some Hassle Cattle Company. You just do the whole thing. Whole DNVR day. Why not? True. You can get Hassel Cattle Company burgers at the bar, too. So good stuff. Jacob coming at us with another. You're a superstar with your super chats, Jacob. Remember, you, too, can control the conversation and, and get us off the rails if you if you wish to get on the super chats here on the YouTube if you're joining us live. Fantastic topic amongst baseball fans for many, many years. Should Roger Maris be in the Hall of Fame? Got two MVPs. Most home runs in a season for someone who later didn't have to testify in front of Congress about it. That's such a phenomenal way to put it, Jacob. I might steal that from you from now on and just put it that way. Like we I, I, calling them cheaters feels so simple. And then people want to, you know, break it apart, do all this nuanced thing. It's just, yeah. The most home runs in a single season from someone who didn't later have to testify in Congress about it. Cannot argue with that. No. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I never got the sense that Roger Maris was a Hall of Famer. He, you know, he did something that, you know, not very many players have done before in the past. And I think really only Dale Murphy's the only one, only other one who's not in the Hall of Fame. And I think he'll eventually have mm -hmm. his day. And that's win back-to-back -back MVP awards. 
Uh, so Roger Maris did that in 1960 and 1961 um, with the Yankees. And as unfortunately he was poached from Kansas City, the A's at that time. So some of our older fans uh, might have uh, sour feelings towards that. But I, I just never got the sense that he was that dominant outside of you know, those two seasons still had a really good 1962, but um, I, I think a lot, that season really took a lot out of him, you know, but, but looking back on the numbers now, I think you could make the case. And I think, you know, especially since the hall has been opened up to some people who, you know, maybe were more, more counters, right. They, uh, they, they stuck around long enough to hit certain milestones, but you might not have really thought of them as being the best of the best through a seven to 10 year period. I don't know that Maris was that great for a seven to 10 year period, but I think his merits as, you know, for the 61 home runs in 1961 uh, and in the world series that he did win with the Yankees is enough to say, yeah, okay. I, I would not begrudge him from getting in. Like if he gets in great, he should be celebrated. If he's not, I'm not going to rally against him. He's he's kind of on that cusp. I, my stance is softened, I think, over time. But ultimately, I, I never got the sense that he was a definitive Hall of Famer during his time. It's one of the reasons why you know he's he's still not in the Hall of Fame at this point. Yeah, certainly when you you take a cold hard look at the numbers, you know, I just brought up his Baseball Reference page, career 260 hitter, 345 on base, pretty dang solid. But even you know, career slugging 476. So, you know, a stat that didn't exist at the time, but it's really helpful in these kinds of conversations, OPS plus of 127. So that tracks with him being well above average and, and why we would have this conversation, but not kind of the dominance that we, we've seen out of your typical Hall of Famer, uh, you know, the war isn't doing him a lot of favors either. It doesn't look like, you know, he's adding things defensively. So even his career baseball reference war in only 12 seasons of 38.3 does not scream Hall of Famer at all. As you mentioned, you know, 61, uh, really the only year where he was leading the league in categories and no other season did he even hit over 40 home runs. Uh, only two other seasons did he hit over 30 and that's in 60 and 62 right around it. But um, I do think, you know, there's, there are those extra. Extracurricular postseason play, right? There there's the, those things. And I, I think even, you know, we talk about it being a, a baseball history museum in a lot of ways. And I think, that Roger Maris is one of the most interesting and important characters in the history of the baseball story. And, and I think it's hard to tell, like you could not, if, if, if Ken Burns had not included the Roger Maris thing, we'd all been like, dude, you missed this huge chunk of baseball history. This incredibly, you can't do any kind of, here's the history of baseball. Even if, if you're doing like, 10 to 15 major bullet points. Roger Maris is on that list probably. And so I think that's where the consideration comes from. I almost wish there was like another wing for that, right? Cause he's not, I wasn't quite a hall of fame player, but. <laughs> we got, 
I got radio coming on all of a sudden. I got highlights. But yeah, that's that, I, I think you're right. He's not a Hall of Fame player, but it's an integral part of the baseball story that has to be told. And so that's, I, I think, what you were kind of getting at. So if he was enshrined in the Hall of Fame, there's nothing about it that would feel wrong or, or, or out of place. If you were to go to right. Cooperstown and there's all the Roger Maris stuff, you're like, oh, of course, of course, yeah, Roger Maris. And in a way, you know, maybe everything that's happened since then with, you know, McGuire hitting 70 and Bonds hitting 73, I think has, has taken a lot of, of the luster away from what Roger Maris did too. And unfortunately, and that's not his fault. I think some people would be, be even surprised to learn that he didn't hit 300 home runs in his career. And you go, right. well, he hit about 150, it seems like in, in three years with the Yankees. Right. Um, but, you know, when you when you talk about like single season greatness, how you can't tell the story of baseball without mentioning what he did in 1961, you know I think there is other guys that have had those kind of seasons. And if you talk about the year of the pitcher in 1968, there were you know a few guys. Bob Gibson was a big one, but even Denny McLean is a guy for the Detroit Tigers who was you know pivotal in in that season for the Tigers and won the Cy Young Award. Yet he's also another guy that's. Not in the hall. Yeah, there should be a wing for those guys. Yeah, that's another great name. Perfect example of someone who should have a thing to be like, like to be the absolute best in that moment. It's so cool. So, but you're right. It's not a. It, it's a different thing. It's a different. Yeah. Thing. So I'm, uh, maybe if there ever comes a point, and I don't think there'll be a definitive point where we kind of sort out all the stuff from the performance enhancement era the steroid era and we somehow find a way to reset what Maguire and Bonds did. And I, I don't think that will ever happen, but if we did, then the, the immediate next move is clear the way for Roger Maris. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the easiest way perhaps. And it's not very easy, but someday in our lifetime, would we see Roger Maris in the hall of fame? I think, I think there's a chance. I think that's fair. Yeah. To yeah, I think there's a chance as well. Especially if he has a better season in 2021 and 22, which is the story for <laughs> for all old-time ball players. Is, uh, you know what? We're not going to let you in, Larry, years one through nine. But in year 10, we heard that you had made a certain purchase at the Nickelodeon store, and you know what? Really you got in. my vote, so we're going to vote you in. And I think now, now we all know why. He His Venmo was on blast. He made the transaction with Nickelodeon. Bought the shirt sure. and that converted enough voters. So they say, you know what? You had a good career after that Nickelodeon purchase, of course. How could it possibly have been anything else? Uh, all right, back out onto the field for a minute here. We do have to talk about today's draft king of the game. And really, really I'm going with, with the draft king of the game for the, the series for the Rockies. And it was Connor Joe. It continues to be. Connor and Joe. If you get to hang out in our Discord channel with everyone, make sure you subscribe so you can. It is a Connor Joe love parade in there. It is like, and it's it's so much fun, Patrick. But as we were talking about with uh, Goody on the podcast when you weren't able to make it, it just it's getting well now into the territory of it's not just fun. He's playing really good baseball. The drop and left today was ugly. He, you know, he still hasn't played a ton of outfield in this time. We'll figure it out. But <laughs> at the plate right now, he's so much fun to watch. Got the first base hit of the game, which early on I was worried about my bet with AJ. 
was worried about that hassle beef going to AJ on the no hitter alert with Alex Wood kind of shutting him down early on. Uh, got another base hit late. Yeah, it was Diaz and, and Blackman who came up with the RBI there. But uh, Joe really should have had one. Anyone but Diaz is running there, and he's driven in the game-tying run with another quiet, confident, clutch at bat late in a game where somebody who, with his experience level, might be overwhelmed by the moment, but with his life experience, is just out there having fun playing baseball, uh, not scared to hit. And boy, is he a joy to watch. He's been so good in in a starting role and, and and as you said with his kind of veteran presence even though he's a rookie uh hadn't hit his first home run uh, until this season but he's a little bit older and he's had you know he's lived uh, a heck of a life up to this point with his testicular cancer that uh he's he's been able to to beat which is is just such a great story it's, it's probably the best of the season but you know but he's using him as a leadoff hitter here. And, and when Tapia comes back, I'm sure he'll go back to batting first and Joe can hit second. And he's been fantastic in that role at the top of the lineup, especially, you know, being able to, to take those pitches outside of the zone and in games that he's started, he's, he's reached base safely in 24 of the 26 games that he's been a starter and he's batting over 300 in those games, slugging something like 860. Uh, he's he's been really fantastic when when kind of using that role and even when he's comes off the bench as we saw he had that two home run game and that was completely mm -hmm. off the bench so he's been a breath of fresh air and and could be one of those guys that could contribute for the next couple of seasons if if things continue to go well so uh the fielding you know he's he's flexible sometimes those things can happen if you're bouncing around from first base uh, to, to left field yeah. and, and you know, he, he had the error today, but, uh, I think he was drafted as a catcher and he's played some third base in the past. He's up for, for whatever. And you need that versatility. You absolutely need that in the game today. And so, uh, I'm kind of excited to, to see Connor Joe in spring training. I, I know it's a little bit early to be thinking about that, but I'm thinking about what gloves are going to be in his bag next year, because you, you just don't know. You just don't know what, what, what's going to be in there. You remember in spring training when Joe was just hot as the surface of the sun and we did our, you know, Rockies, who's your guy, who's your dude draft with Michaela and Spencer. And, and we, we bullied Spencer into taking Connor Joe with like his second pick. That, that is exactly was like, what happened. Way too early. He was going to be a fourth or fifth rounder. Yeah. He went. No, it was his second to last pick. It was later on. But honestly, Spence could have gotten Connor Joe with his very last pick. And none of us were going to take him because it it seemed, again, like a fun story of spring training. And then he didn't break with the team. And then he went around for quite a while. It took a minute. But uh, Spencer's having a great deal of fun with it right now. We know just about everybody is. But a 110 OPS plus through 45 games, 136 at-bats. We need to see more, you know, the, you got to do it for a long enough time, but that's, you know, that he's doing it on the road again, short sample sizes, but we're getting, we're getting into middle sample size territory now with, with Connor Joe. And that's why it's really fun and exciting. And like you said, why we're already kind of looking forward to next year and envisioning how you 
mix and match and plug him in and, and get the energy of Connor Joe into your lineup. And it's a fun piece to have that seemingly just sort of appeared out of nowhere. And I'm glad he was able to, you know, have this good series or at least have the two hits today because he was, he's kind of, I'm not going to say remembered poorly in San Francisco, but in, in 2019, their opening day outfield partially due to injuries and partially, partially just due to roster management was Connor Joe, Steven Duggar, who's been a lot better this season and Michael Reed. And it's, you know, that was their starting outfield to begin was, last season. No, 2019. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, no, it was, it was quite inf- infamous uh, at the time even. Yeah. And, and I can even remember during the course of, of that year being in the giants clubhouse for a series and they were even referencing that. And it was like, all right, yeah, well, wrong place, wrong time. And so for, for Connor Joe to kind of go out there and, and say, all right, well, you know, I had, I stuck around and had things not, uh, taking the turn that they did with my diagnosis, you know, you, you, you might be thinking about that a little bit differently, especially since Duggar's been good in his part-time role. He could have had himself a nice career and really would have just been more about Michael Reed in the corner. So good, good for Connor, Joe. He continues to excite and entertain. Yeah. And he got a special card on MLB, the show. They made him like a special, like pimped out card. He's good. He's got, he's got good numbers. I haven't been able to play the game, but I've looked at the card. <laughs> Someone sent it to me. I looked at the numbers. Uh, that's super cool that, that he's getting that kind of, of sort of national recognition for, and there's actually a series they did with a number of guys who are um, kind of like nice stories who are playing really well right now. He was included in, in that group. I was like, that's cool. That's nice national recognition. So tip of the cap, a toast of to the Breck brew or the Strava craft coffee or your solace meds to Connor Joe on this day. Uh, one of the few fun things. I mean, even in the game they won, uh, Patrick. <laughs> it's like it's like it's not, it wasn't the most exciting offense. It was a bunch of fielders' choices and and uh, you know <laughs> CJ Crone beating out a would be double play. Uh, it's not like they knocked the ball around the park or anything. So uh, Connor Joe, thanks for for making it fun on offense. Speaking of fun, a whole lot of fun on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You know what it is. You know how it be. You know how it do. If you haven't gotten in yet, you got to get in on the action. It really is a whole lot of fun. You can place very small dollar amount bets on things. I do it all the time because, you know, like I got a lot of money lying around. I've never been a big gambler or anything like that, but it's fun. Throw a couple of bucks down on someone to hit a home run and boom, you've, you, you've made a few more and you, you've made all of those at bats quite a bit more interesting during the game. Every time that person comes up, you go, here we go. Here we go. And bragging rights. Always forget to mention bragging rights. That's worth more. That's worth yeah, more. Yeah, it really is like winning. Is. the Cause I usually come out with like 20 bucks when I win something. Cause again, I'm, I'm in on, on small dollar amounts or whatever. But it's the bragging rights. You can take the screenshot when your bet hits. You can post it on Twitter. I told you Connor Joe was going to hit a home run tonight, and that was at plus 800. You, know, and you do not have to post your losses. Ever. That's, <laughs> that's the key factor right there is you can be selective about what you happen to be bragging about. Because let's mm-hmm. face it, we, we remember our – victories not our losses just like the rockies just like all baseball players 100%. right 
Again, Hall of Fame is three out of 10 times. You're successful three out of 10 times. You're going to be doing a lot better yeah. than that. If you're listening to us or you're listening to the DNVR Vets podcast, you're going to be way better than that. You're going you're gonna to do fantastically. And those losses, you can forget the wins, post them, brag, do your thing. 100%. 100%. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets. When you place a $1 bet on any college football game, that's promo code DNBR to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or over, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I love this. Another super chat from our guy, Jacob. We will do this. You, you may have to remind us. I'll, I'll write it down somewhere. This is 100% up our alley and absolutely an off-season podcast idea. Go through each team and say what players are for sure getting in the Hall of Fame path uh, or uh, getting in there, maybe not getting in there in our eyes. That would be a really fun exercise to just go through the teams right now. It would be a very long exercise. Are we doing 40-man rosters? Are <laughs> right. How deep are we looking? Maybe right? we should just start with like the 2007 MLB draft, and we'll just go each name. No, no. Yet to make his debut, but he's 32, Drew. <laughs> he's yet to make his debut. Late bloomers a are a thing in baseball. <laughs> yeah. You know I love a late bloomer. Uh, Jake Arrieta, probably not. A Hall of Famer, but a very nice career and a great late bloomer. My mom in here saying she has a friend who bet $35 and won 6K. Was it on that? What was the Italy Italy and rugby bet? Was that what it was? It yeah. was $100,000. True. I probably shouldn't tell you this on the podcast, but <laughs> when your mom says a friend, she means her. And yeah. <laughs> you know how you. Yeah. I'm not seeing yeah, any of that. Really, you know, you're not going to see any way. of that money whatsoever. Jacob, again, thanks for the super chat. I did have uh, an off-season, pod, uh, not podcast idea, but article idea of looking at what players from this year's All-Star game could be future Hall of Famers, much like Ooh. go back and look at the 1998 roster of all of those guys, and you say, oh, wow, all right, how many Hall of Famers? If you were at 98 and you were at 2021, 20, you know, you saw a certain amount back in 98. And in fact, you probably saw a couple more, but Bonds, McGuire, Sosa, those guys aren't in yet. They might get in. I tend to think that they may, it, it could be 20 years, who knows, but some of those guys are kind of right there on the cusp. And yeah. so, Hey, were there more hall of famers in that game or in this year's version? So that's uh, fun. Great minds. Yeah. Do you think alike? It'll be interesting to see who the hall of famers in fact maybe we can turn it into a podcast where we draft them back and forth and do, do a follow oh yeah turn it into a draft that's all i do fun. want to mention though uh that that my pick of craig kimbrell to go to the hall of fame as my fifth pick widely got <laughs> passed over and i i'm feeling very good with that's this true that's true i we, we we may have roundly mocked you for that <laughs> yeah. I, I could have gone Buster Posey or Manny Machado, and I said, actually, no, I, I think Craig Kimbrell has the numbers and not offensive suspensions like other closers have. I mean, him and Kenley Jansen, Kenley Jansen are probably one yeah. or two, but I just think Kimbrell has won a little bit more in the postseason, has been part of those, some of those bigger teams, and he's a little bit, you know, he, he was doing it at a slightly younger age, so um, it's 
again, great, great idea. There's uh, there's some Hall of Famers out there for yeah. sure playing the game right now. Also, follow up report news coming in again from uh, honorary DNVR reporter Barbara Creesman. who says the thirty five dollar bet that turned out six K was a three way parlay home runs for Jose Abreu's young Carlos Stanton. Aaron Judge. That's fantastic because three guys, you, you go, okay, sure. Any any one of those guys could hit a home run on any given day. Those are all power hitters to go. But the, again, the odds that you could call three guys to hit a home run on the same day. In Iowa. Uh, the same day in <laughs> Iowa. All three of those guys did homer right. at the that's, Field of Dreams game. Right. I got to think got there pop. are a lot of people interesting because there was no stat cast data available in the Field of Dreams game. So we don't know how necessarily how far the ball is flying, what the exit velocity, what the launch angle was. And that's that was kind of one of the more refreshing things in watching that game is that you were just watching baseball and you were hearing people talk about baseball and Kevin Costner is there and you're remembering the movie and the old timey uniforms. And it was a just a more simplified game. But going into it, you had no idea was the ball gonna fly. Is it going to be corn fed? Is it going to be beefy? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? And it turns out it, it was. And so good thing that paid off for your friend. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to have to do a, a, another follow up report on that and double check and see that that's, but eh, that's the kind of fun for just throwing down a few bucks on DraftKings. It can be a, a whole lot of fun. Uh, well, you, you, I guess you gave us a few of them there. I was going to say we gave Goody an opportunity to give his reactions, but. Before we get too far away from it, because Goody and I talked about it without you, you're back on. Just give us your reactions to the Field of Dreams game. I want to make sure you get an opportunity to, because I know this is right up our alley, and I I don't want you to not have a chance to talk about it on the show. Yeah, it was was perfect in every possible way. I think there is the spectacle, right? There was the event itself, and then there was the game on the field. And the game on the field – you can't write that. You can't dictate yeah. that. You can't plan that years in advance and pay seven, eight figures to bring uh, a Hollywood legend like Kevin Costner uh, out to the ballpark. You, you can't script that. So that being perfect is is just the icing on, on the cake, you know. But the spectacle itself was just incredibly perfect. And for uh, as much as you might want to think Kevin Costner's words were, were scripted there. There's actually a video um, prior to the game and all the pregame festivities of him just walking out of the field and just, just soaking it all in and seeing it for that first time. So mm-hmm. they just got so many things correct. The, the only thing that I heard that was potentially negative was his moment of walking around and just kind of soaking in the moment in the pregame festivities before the players came out, like that could have been quicker. Yeah, maybe. All right. Who if, cares? If uh, tickets. Is your goal, yeah. sure. Tickets to go to the event was were incredibly yeah. expensive. They were they yeah. were expensive even before the secondary market got a hold of them. But again, yeah. it's a small event, and you got to hope that the twenty five percent of tickets that were laid aside for Iowans, you know, actually were Iowans that were there. Um, I tend to think maybe not because in the big moment when he asks everyone, is this heaven? They said, no. And mm-hmm. he said, okay, I don't, let's try this again. Should say, no, it's Iowa. Mm-hmm. You only heard about a quarter of the audience shout, 
no, it's Iowa that the rest of the audience completely, it just went like right over their head. So, yeah. um, I mean, that, that really is, is the nitpicking that you could possibly have. And I'm not going to remember those details going forward. It right. just was perfect. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're going to do that again, going forward. I'm glad baseball finally got back what they had invested with it being the, the highest rated and highest viewed game in 16 years. Yeah. So people were watching that. And again, that's on a Thursday evening. So it, it, it was a success in every way. And it's a hope that maybe, you know, the, the game can continue to grow and there can maybe can, can continue to be more events like this. And if not definitive events, there can just be more celebration of the game that more people have their eyes on. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, baseball games played on a sandlot which I love that meme going yeah. around. Like, hey, next year, yeah. you're going to hey. play a game on the Sandlot. Yes, I love that. That's fantastic. Totally. That's not in California. That was filmed in Utah. So you're a lot closer to the Sandlot than you may realize, people. Let's go. Listening out there. It's a Rocky Mountain region ballpark. So there, I hope it opens the doors to a lot more things. It just was absolutely fantastic and, and goes to show when you put some great minds together. And they love baseball and they love the game. It just puts it on a pedestal and it can can get appreciated by people that might not typically appreciate the game that we love so much. Yeah, you know, they're they're doing some stuff. I've <laughs> I've I've felt very fatalistic about the future of baseball over honestly the last couple of years. And and looking forward, and and I try not to, as as you all well know, I try not to be a think too far into the future, speculate too hard type of person this has just been a very big obvious like red glowing light of like problem approaching problem approaching for a few years now at this next cba and as you all well know i've not been a fan of rob manfred as commissioner and as patrick pointed out on a recent episode that a lot of that has to do with representation of the owners Another group of people I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, and and I've been very frustrated at their stagnance, at their <clears throat> refusal to embrace what I think are good, fresh ideas that can help grow the game in instead focusing on these, you know, pace of play things, almost like a very cynical interpretation of what they think young people want, which is for the games to be shorter, as opposed to for the presentation to be better and for the access to be for everybody. That's what people want. That's what people who grew up in the digital age expect. And I've been very, very harsh. In fact, I believe it was in this off season or was it during last season where I basically, where I wrote the piece, I said, the commissioner should resign. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's overseen way too many scandals. Everything he tries to do to fix the game makes it worse. But over the last couple of months, the decision to move the All-Star game for correct moral reasons, the Field of Dreams game, uh, the hiring of people like Theo Epstein and Ken Griffey Jr. into important decision-making positions that are reaching out to grow the game for the better. And I'm very suddenly 
feeling like maybe baseball's going to be okay. Like maybe I, the minor league stuff killed me and I, and I still struggle with that sticky substances, but Astro sign stealing scandal, all of it. The, the refusal, refusal to move much on MLB umpires, Rob, the whole Rob Drake thing. But over these last couple of months, it seems like, and remember, I've, I've kind of done the same thing with the Rockies. Like, it, I, I see some steps in the right direction. The hiring of the team president, the saying of the right things, even if we still got to see him do the right things. And that's where I'm at with Major League Baseball right now. Suddenly, I'm seeing this movement that's so promising in the right direction. Like there were, believe it or not, a lot of ways they could have screwed this field of dreams thing up a lot. And they didn't, it felt very Rockies esque of like, Oh my God, they're going to screw up. They're going to screw up. The all-star game is going to be a disaster. And then you're like, no, actually that was great. That was phenomenal. Maybe there were fresh voices down there in the commissioner's office. Maybe Theo, Ken Griffey Jr. or whoever else, or maybe Rob Manfred has grown as a commissioner. You always have to leave room for the ability that people can grow and get better. Even old, rich, stubborn white people, <laughs> they can do it too sometimes. I think the the two words maybe going around Manfred's office and at the, at the top of MLB, and if it's not, it should be, is why not? Why not? Yeah. With, with, with any and everything that's brought to the table. Why not go crazy yeah. players, you know, have, have more players weekend type. Uh, I don't want to say events or activities, but why can't players, you know, design their cleats a little bit more um, like, like they're able to do on, on players weekend or have special colored bats more frequently or, or the tape on their, their, their bats and, and a lot of just different things celebrating the game and think why not? And if you have a reason, then there's a reason. But if you don't really can't, if you can't definitively say why, you know, why something shouldn't be, then let it happen. Then let the kids play. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let them go. It it really has. It's blown me away. I'm I'm very excited about the potential of them getting it, and and really really starting to provide that product that captures and grows the baseball audience and not in a cynical way, in an inclusive, hey, guys, look at all the fun we're having. Don't you want to come and have fun with us way? That's so, oh, man, who would ever thought? <laughs> look at them go. <laughs> way to go. Way to go, Major League Baseball. Look at you. Still not off the hook for the minor leagues. Let's do some stuff. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, as we were talking about earlier, we'll, we'll, we'll get all the, the breakdown for you if you're looking for some uh, Padres series preview. We've got that for you tomorrow. But uh, fun road trip? No. <laughs> but it was a road trip. It was but a road yes. trip. And you know what? The one win that they did get, Patrick, the one win that they did secure on this road trip did bring them to numero 14, and it was behind an excellent performance from Kyle Freeland. But at 14, they now move out of a tie for that worst ever road record. Now they cannot ever be called 
the worst road team in the history of baseball, even in a tie. They shall not. No, top five, I guess it's bottom bottom, bottom five. Bottom, <laughs> bottom era or since still the turn the of the century. But still, the basic phrasing of all time, gone. Out of there. They will not be the worst road team in the history of baseball. So cheers your Breck Brews and throw down your Strava Craft Coffee to that. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with us. We really do appreciate you. Oh, and Jacob wants your number one. You gave us the number two wrestler that you'd worked with was Balls Mahoney. But Jacob was really curious last time since he came in with more Super Chats. He's got to know number one. Our, our, I was actually talking with our guy, Matt. Uh, on on Discord, he he had some similar questions. Yeah, the the this is probably the only notable name, and there's still probably some younger folks out here that are going to say, "Who the hell is that?" Smirch balls Mahoney like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a WWE Hall of Famer, so he's in the Hall of Fame in the ring with this guy. Uh, he's from New Jersey, uh, Tito Santana. Tito Santana's the guy. That's yeah, a big yeah. one. That's nice guy. That's a big one. That's really cool. And also that your one and two could not be more different. <laughs> it's like balls Mahoney, Tito Santana. There you go. So, um, all right, folks. Thank you all for hanging out with us. We really do appreciate you all. Uh, you've been fantastic. Make sure you're following on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You're subscribing to the DNVR.com for all the written content, for access to the Discord channel for discounts on hats and shirts for the free shirt when you get the annual today. Uh, shout out to Chanel. I saw you ordered the, the annual. I just happened to see that one. So shout out. Thank you for getting the subscription. We very much appreciate it. You all continue to be the absolute best baseball fans in the world out there. We can only ever promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you. Ballpark.